0: I'm Jonathan Mosen, and this is Mosen at Large, the show that's got the blind community talking. You can produce podcasts and radio shows from the palm of your hand with the Backpack Studio app and your iPhone. And now, Backpack Live takes remote interviewing to the next level. In January 2020, I put together a comprehensive demonstration of Backpack Studio, an app for iOS, demonstrating how you could use it to host a music-based radio show while streaming to a Shoutcast or Icecast server. Pretty kind of a niche use case there, but it is surprisingly common in the blind community. Many people also use Backpack Studio for podcast production. And version 2.0 of the app is now in beta. A significant new feature of Backpack Studio 2.0 is something called Backpack Live. It's the ability to bring guests into your recordings or even live broadcasts. It's pretty cool that so much power exists in a device you can hold in your hand. And of course, it's on iPad as well. Now, the creator of Backpack Studio is Ed Philawat, and he joins me now. And I should say that we are recording this using Backpack Live in Backpack Studio on my iPhone 12 Pro Max. I have my mixer connected to my iPhone, thanks to the iREC 2 multimedia guitar interface for iPhone and iPad, discussed extensively in Mosin-At-Large 109. So, Ed, it's great to talk to the man behind the magic at last. Welcome to the podcast.
1: Hey, thanks for having me.
0: You're doing a fantastic job with this. This is just a audio geek's dream, this app. What got you interested in developing this quite sort of niche audio creation app?
1: To go back to the very beginning, uh, I was the first employee at Libsyn, which is like the biggest uh, podcast hosting company. So I've been making uh, podcasting stuff for 15 years now. And the various projects that I've worked on have kind of morphed into Backpack Studio, which is... Uh, simply a way to live mix podcasts and radio shows in real time without using GarageBand, or um, it basically is a time-saving tool that automatically mixes your audio in real time.
0: You're a podcaster yourself, obviously. With all that association with Libsyn and podcasting, it's a medium you're interested in.
1: Yes, I'm a I'm a wannabe podcaster, and sometimes I do it, but I'm not as good at it as you. <laughs> so <laughs> I never really publish. I, I never really publish anything. But I'm do. i a guest a lot.
0: (laughs) Right. Oh, that's all right. Every every podcaster needs a guest, or at least those doing interviews. Yes. So, So you started with Boss Jock Studio, and then that app sort of metamorphosized into Backpack Studio. And I guess there was a little bit of angst in the community about, why are we paying twice? Why did you have to start over there?
1: Yeah, it was a business situation that needed to be rectified, and the app was basically out of my control. And... It was it was a poor arrangement where I basically had to start over
0: Mm.
1: and Apple agreed. And I was able to rebuild the app a couple of years ago with uh, tons of new features and work on it as much as I want and kind of be in and and have it more driven by the user base and just everything I really wanted. So it's it it was it was hard uh, moving all the users into the new app, but it worked out for the best.
0: It certainly did. This is such a cool app. But for those people who haven't used it before, can you give me a bit of an elevator pitch? If somebody said to you, what does Backpack Studio do? Who is it for? How would you describe this app?
1: So it's basically a real-time uh, broadcasting and mixing. So if you're a podcaster or if you're doing live radio such as yourself, it has a giant soundboard with unlimited sound pads, So you can load in all your bumpers, all your commercials, and there's a large microphone button at the bottom, and when you turn the microphone on, it, it affects the sound pad, so everything kind of mixes together. There's a EQ and compression on the mic. Basically, it mixes your show in real time. So if you want, you could do it radio style in one take, without having the labor of editing on a PC and putting all your audio into you know, GarageBand or a multi-track and ducking all the audio levels. So it's a pretty big time saver for people. Not that there's anything wrong with with editing and post-production, but this app tends to be for people that don't have time for that and want to get the show out as quickly as possible.
0: You've taken a lot of care to ensure that your app is exemplary, really, in terms of voiceover accessibility. Were you aware of voiceover when you began developing these sorts of apps, or is this all a result of users' coming to you and saying, Hey, we're out there.
1: Uh, at the very beginning, um, I guess in 2012, there was, I didn't know much about it. I had done some accessibility programming on the web, but, uh, I was unaware of how, how powerful Apple's voiceover system was. And, um, it was, uh, the Apple Viz users on the message board and on Twitter started getting in touch and it was just amazing. They, they, um, tested it and gave me tips and and worked through it with me. And so we have the whole thing completely uh, 100% voiceover compatible.
0: And you've added some very nice features in that regard. Uh, Even recently, uh, one of the big ones has been keyboard support for all of the cards. So if you're in a high pressure situation and you have a board full of different sounds and jingles and music and stingers and everything, and you're a blind person trying to find the right one and you're talking, then obviously voiceover is chatting in your ear as you flick through the items, but now you can use keyboard commands to get the one you want.
1: Yeah, so you could completely customize every single button in the app to any key on the keyboard pretty much. So I'm glad that part's working.
0: Yeah, that was a bit of a struggle for you, right? I mean, that was a major feature to implement.
1: Yeah, well, I guess last year, well, Icecast was two years ago. I try to do a big feature every six months or so. And uh, last year, everything got really crazy with the pandemic. But I think uh, the middle of summer, I released Siri support and keyboard support and a a lot of like uh, dotting I's and crossing T's and a lot of little requests. Uh nothing like the huge thing that I'm launching right now with the guest recording.
0: This yeah, it's been a morning. it's been a really significant development um project, obviously, and we'll come to that in a sec. I'm curious Apple's notorious for its control freakery. Well, perhaps it's a bit of a loaded term. They, they they have a sandboxed approach and it makes it difficult for one app to talk to another app unless Apple has opened up an API. Are there things that you want to be able to do with Backpack Studio that Apple is preventing you from doing because an API doesn't exist for you to do it?
1: Uh, that's a great question. Uh, let's see. Well, I guess the number one thing that I would, it's not really an Apple restriction, but it would be really great. You probably know more about this than me, but a more fluid way to get copyrighted music into, into podcast mm. streams, whether it's Spotify or YouTube, or it would, it would be nice to see that facilitated somehow. That's one thing offhand. And ironically, I just started developing the Backpack Live Android app for the guests because I don't want Backpack Studio users to only be able to interview their friends with iPhones, of course. So I just started that the other night and it's going extremely well. Being a uh, Android developer is way more similar to being an Apple developer than I thought. They have a great studio and they have slightly less restrictions as far as getting the Test version of the app out to people. It's a little more streamlined, but um, it's it's actually very similar. So I think it's going to work out great having iPhones and Androids do interviews together.
0: A few years ago, I was talking to a pretty famous uh, developer, and he said that he rused the day that he got involved in Android because Android is so fragmented with so many devices out there. When you're digging way down into the audio subsystems, as you will be, I wonder Mm. whether it might be quite difficult where you find compatibility issues with specific models as you go forward.
1: So what I did was I looked at the features that I need, like um, the ability to resume the recording after audio interruptions. I knew pretty much exactly what I was building because I'm cloning. And then I looked at Android's API and I said, okay, you need to have at least, I guess, Raspberry You need at least this uh, Android API level 26. So I'm going to draw the line in the sand there so that I'm supporting most Android devices, but I'm not supporting like a 10-year-old toaster oven that's running Android or something crazy. So so I think it's going to be okay.
0: That'd be cool to have a guest coming in from their toaster oven, whether
1: it's 10 years (laughs) old or not.
0: Let's talk about the uh, backpack live feature then, which is the really big thing, and we're using it now. This must have been quite a complex thing to create. It's a a major new platform for you.
1: Yes, I'm holding my breath right now. Now, it's stable. I wouldn't give it to you if it wasn't stable. (laughs) we We should trust it, but it was a tremendous amount of work. I actually started it two summers ago, and I went through a bunch of different video servers, and I even tried with some other developers. And I was staying down in Florida this past uh, November to to be somewhere warmer to get out of the Northeast, and I said, "What am I going to do? Am I going to go for it and do it?" And I just I put my head down over Christmas and I designed it to be super robust. So, what that means is, if you're talking to a guest and your phone die, the battery dies on your phone. If you get an interruptive phone call from a telemarketer, if you lose your Wi-Fi. All the audio in high quality, uh, forty-four one, one ninety-two, is actually going up to the server. So if anything bad happens, the audio is safe. I'm trying to drive that home to people so that they trust it.
0: <laughs> well, that's the big challenge, isn't it? So, what codec is being used for this conversation that we're having?
1: We are doing well, depending on your settings. You're you're either doing compressed AAC, whatever you have the bit rate, probably probably one hundred and sixty. I think we're both set at 160 by default, okay. and it's the um, AAC codec, but I'm also experimenting with uh, the Opus codec, but I think I'm going to go with AAC.
0: That's really interesting. I make extensive use of a product called CleanFeed, which you may or may not have heard of, but it's a great tool and a lot of broadcasters in the UK in particular were using it during the pandemic because they could do really high quality, low latency stereo streams and send them back to the studio and essentially keep their shows going from home. So it's designed for the professional broadcast market and they're using Opus there and I must say it's, it's quite impressive.
1: Is it in the browser or is it built into the... Yeah, it's
0: in browser. Yeah. So it's not an app as such. You just go in and they have um, participation possible via the iPhone, but not creation. So you can bring a guest in via iOS, but all of the actual creation tools are done on a PC or a Mac and browser.
1: So does the iOS user have to be in the browser on Safari? Yes, they do. Okay. So I, I actually did a ton of experimenting with that. Like the WebRCT, it's usually a WebRCT when it's built into the browser like that. And it's using the Opus codec. But were you able to, the, the thing that I ran into was the bitrate would suffer based on the connection speed. Was that something you had to deal with? Or
0: Yeah, I mean, I really discourage people from coming into clean feed on an iPhone if they possibly can manage something else, a, a desktop platform. It definitely sounds better. And I guess what I concluded there is there's something about the implementation of either the the protocol or the codec in Safari that makes it an inferior experience to yeah, coming in on a PC.
1: The the web is nowhere near caught up to actual iPhone and Android device. That's why th- there's so many products right now that are really popular that are web based. There's three or there's at least three or four of them, like uh, Riverside and
0: Squat um, they're, they're and
1: They're yeah. all built into the browser. And I found some some limitations with that audio. So, I mean, it's getting better and better. But right now, this is exciting because I'm completely controlling the same audio drivers that are in Backpack Studio. And it's not contingent upon the signal or a web browser or I, I have a lot of control over it to get the same sound that we're used to in Backpack Studio.
0: And what are you talking to me on?
1: I am on my iPhone X. Um, yep. I have a pair of old analog headphones in, so it's using the built-in mic, and hopefully, it sounds pretty good.
0: Yeah, it does. And I would just encourage any podcast guests to get the AirPods out of their ears and use the built-in mic. We were having a chat about this before we started recording. Yes. This is going to be your biggest challenge, isn't it? Telling people to stop with the AirPods already.
1: Yes. Do you have Do you have Best Buy or like Walmart where you live? Like when you go in like an electronics store, mm-hmm. every pair of headphones and headset has a mic built-in, which isn't good. And I want people to use the built-in mic.
0: We, we have an equivalent of, the, of those stores here, yes. So I know, I know what you're saying.
1: Yeah. <laughs> if, they have, if they have 50 pairs of, of cheap headphones, 49 of them have a bad mic, not a bad mic, but have a mic built-in. And it would be ideal if people uh, use you know the, the mic that's built into the phone. So I'm going to encourage people to get The oldest, cheapest analog headphones they can find and just one of those little, um, you know, lightning to analog adapters that are five bucks.
0: Yeah, I get quite firm with guests now who insist on using the iPhone to come in and I say, look, please don't use any Bluetooth earbuds, including AirPods. They may sound good to you in your ear, but they sound decidedly inferior to listeners with the microphones they have. I agree. So let's talk about the workflow involved. If I'm a Backpack Studio user, how do I create one of these conversations such as what we're having now?
1: I've tried to streamline it as much as possible. So down at the bottom by the microphone, there's a new icon that is a little guy interviewing another guy, and it says remote interview with the voiceover. You open that and you schedule an interview. Uh, You can pick any time you want. And you click create interview and you get a link and you're done. So then what you do is you take that link, text it, email it, any any way you like to share stuff, tweet it. That person clicks on the link. They are taken to the app store to get a brand new app called Backpack Live that I'm using right now to talk to you. Backpack Live is just a simple telephone, basically, with an on-air light. So it basically has my audio meter and your audio meter right now and an on-air light. And when you hit record, the on-air light lights up. If you're using voiceover, it announces. So it's it's a completely simple app that just requires one click, one download from the App Store, and you're live on the air with your host. From the guest standpoint, I've tried to make it completely seamless.
0: And if I'm a Backpack Studio user already, I will still need Backpack Live to come in as a guest?
1: No. Okay, so every interview has one host, that's in Backpack Studio controlling the recording and the mic. And you could have as many guests as you want. I'll probably limit it at some point. And the guests are all in Backpack Live, right. which is the free app. Because we don't want to make – if you have four guests, you don't want to make them all buy Backpack Studio when they don't need a podcast production suite at their fingertips.
0: Right, but so even though I have Backpack Studio on my system and I've paid for it, and you say invite me to be on your podcast, I can't come in with my Backpack Studio app. I have to come in with Backpack Live because I'm a guest. Is that correct?
1: Actually, that would be that would be doable. I guess I guess that would be easier, huh? Than well,
0: one to less that's... app to download, I suppose.
1: <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I figured. I figured everybody that was a guest would just want to be a guest. I didn't really. I didn't really think of the host being the guest, but now that you mention that, I guess it could open up the room with Backpack Studio without any strife.
0: Right. Because I often appear on other people's podcasts as well as host my own. And so yes. if they were um, doing a Backpack Studio interview like we are, it'd be nice to just come in with the app I already have as a guest rather than download a second one.
1: I'm going to add that to the to-do list. Woo. There we go. That's quick work. <laughs> feature, re- feature request. That shouldn't <laughs> be too hard. So
0: I suppose what you could also do, thinking about this, is once you have that link, you could also send it as a calendar invitation and put the link in the location field.
1: Yes, absolutely. Surprisingly, I don't use the um, iPhone calendar, but if you know any apps that make use of that, I would like to let me know because I think that's something I could add.
0: I use a tool. I play with a lot of these tools because I guess I need a life. And I've been playing with this (laughs) thing called remotely.fm. And one of the things I really like about this, this is another of these in-browser solutions, but this one records locally at everybody's end and then uploads the audio. And one of the things I like about it is the the onboarding, if you will. So it will automatically generate a calendar invitation if you give the email address of your guests when you're setting up with remotely. And then when you go in, it kind of does some mic tests before they let the guests into the room to make sure their audio is working. But the calendar invitation is really sweet because I'm in New Zealand. You're in the United States. We've got mm-hmm. time zone differences. And sometimes every so often interviews don't happen because mm-hmm. there was time zone confusion. So the calendar sorts all that out.
1: Mm-hmm. I do believe I, I do. I'm using Apple's uh, built in date picker. Yeah. And I do believe. It's uh, making adjustments. Uh, when you sent me the invitation, I think it said Eastern time, but uh, I, you, hopefully uh, you put it in as time.
0: Yes. It, so say, it came in at, oh, that's pretty cool.
1: So it does, it has some sense of, um, iOS has some sense of where you are and what time zone you're in.
0: Awesome. When we're recording, all the backpack studio options are available to me so I can play sound files down the call to you and all those good things.
1: Uh, yes. So your soundboard is completely there. Right now it's behind our chat, but if you notice in the um, towards the upper left of our chat, there's a button that says shrink. Yes. And what that does is that, that removes the uh, chat view away from the sound pad, so you should be able to access all your sound pads behind it.
0: Because one thing we haven't covered yet is not only can we record this like we're doing for this show, but you can go live as well. Can you tell me more about that?
1: Absolutely. So as you know, we launched the uh, IceCast streaming capability what two summers ago. And it's it's been fairly popular. There aren't as many IceCast radio streams as there are podcasters in the world. But it was something that I was asked, you know, it was probably my number two feature request after um these guests. But what I found was uh people that were just beginning streaming or didn't have an IceCast server wanted one. So that was something that I thought about for a while and I said, well I should ask I should basically just offer a real simple no-frills single-click IceCast server for people that don't have them. And I I had that on the back burner. And then when I started doing the remote guest feature, I didn't know what to call it. And I said, Backpack Guests, Backpack Chat, Backpack Interview. And then I saw a lot of those names were taken for other things. And then I said, okay, well, Backpack Live would be good because that sounds good. But then if you're recording live interviews and it doesn't live stream, so then I decided to just pull that all in together as one 2.0 release. So over on the left, you have your new uh, live interviews button. And over on the right, you have your new live streaming button. So I, th- I think those go together in a nice package.
0: So how does that work? How do you create a stream using your technology?
1: It does it all for you. So you just click the new streaming button. Actually, it's the old streaming button. But if you don't have any of your own servers put in, it slides up a panel with one pre-configured and a button that says go live. And you click go live and you get a link to a player. Um, Actually, I was just working on the player this morning. Uh, I added voiceover support and links to like the raw feed. What do you call that? The actual link that's not in a player, the uh, like the the URL. So you get all that. You click live and then the interface immediately gives you a link you could share on Twitter, Facebook to drive to for your listeners to come listen. So it's basically like a one click uh, radio station.
0: Wow, and and it's ice yeah. cast under the hood.
1: It's ice cast under the hood, so you could put it in your own web player. You could do whatever you want with it. Basically, it's not like an Anchor situation where it's like a walled garden where you have to listen in backpack. It's actually just an ice cast stream that you could do whatever you want with.
0: Once you've done that the first time, does your stream URL stay the same, or do you generate a brand new one every time you do this?
1: I'm keeping it the same for now because that seems like the best the best way to do it. That way if you were putting it on a player or embedding it on your website, I couldn't really come up for a use case where you would need to keep changing it. So no, I kept no. the same. Mm. Yeah.
0: God, that's really cool. And I guess that explains why I haven't seen a difference because I've got several streaming servers already configured. So yeah,
1: you will notice, you will notice that the uh, interface is a little smoother. Now you don't, you actually can um, start and stop the stream with a little more feedback. Now mm-hmm. it's like, it slides a panel up from the bottom. Where you have the choice of going live and stopping the stream. And it's a, it's, it's, it's just a little less vague than before where you had to go into the settings and it's a little more simplified.
0: Putting it all together, this is quite remarkable. So, in the case of Mushroom FM, of course, which has pretty good Icecast infrastructure, it would mean that uh, if the timing was right, if I brought you live onto Mosin at Large, I can simply hit the button, connect to the Mushroom FM Icecast server, and we yeah. could have this conversation with nothing but the iPhone. I mean, that is a pretty trippy business. That's amazing. Yeah, really.
1: I would, I would love to do that. That's actually what you, <laughs> you actually have been doing that, right? You did that last year. Yes. It's an experiment, yeah.
0: Yes. But we, yeah, could so do it
1: with, we could do it with a whole bunch of guests.
0: Let's talk about the, uh, the limitations. How many guests can I have with this?
1: Right now it's in beta and I did not put a limit on it. So I just want to see how many guests people – the most – I haven't seen anybody use more than three. I, I found during the pandemic when you're talking to friends in, in video chat rooms, everything starts to fall apart after three or four people. So I'm thinking it's going to be pretty rare. What's the most people you've ever had on air at once? like in your studio
0: probably four i think might be the maximum i've ever done right. because That's people like, get a bit confused with voices after you get yeah, to yeah
1: everybody starts talking over yeah. each other and it, it it becomes mayhem
0: you'd want to have yeah. some limitation there
1: so i'm probably going to cap i'm probably going to cap it at 4
0: so another use case for this would be if you want to have a conversation And you just want people to listen in a bit like the now defunct Periscope. You could set this up and then just uh, send the link to Twitter to the the Icecast stream and people can just go ahead and log in and listen.
1: Absolutely. Yeah. Or what's the new app that's really popular that that, uh, you have to get invited to?
0: Clubhouse.
1: Clubhouse, yeah, yeah. It's mm. uh, very similar to Clubhouse where you just talk and people listen, except this sounds way better.
0: This was next on my list. Do you think that there's any way that this could be integrated with those existing solutions, particularly blind people who care about their audio and for that matter, some other content creators too, have been going to some lengths to get really good quality audio into Clubhouse. And that's actually why I bought this iRig Two multimedia interface. that's allowing me to talk to you through my mixer. At the moment mm. is specifically because of Clubhouse. Now Twitter Spaces has come along. I guess you've got Anchor and I, I suppose to some extent Anchor may be a competitor of yours, at least in some spaces. But
1: Yeah, there's definitely a like a, a David Goliath kind of relationship because they're huge and I'm you know, I'm an indie developer. Yeah. Similar product.
0: Yeah. So, do you see the possibility of some sort of arrangements that might allow people? Say, I mean, if if you could come into Clubhouse through Backpack Studio and have all these features, like you know, the compression, the EQ, the soundboard, all of that going into Clubhouse, that would be kind of huge.
1: Yeah. If Clubhouse, if you're listening, hit me up. <laughs> Backpack Studio app at Gmail. <laughs> yeah. Yep. What do you and I want? It, and I want an invitation too, because I still can't get into it. Oh, I'll invite you to Clubhouse. <laughs> All right, thanks. Yeah, yeah, I'll, I'll send For, you. A- from what I've seen, it's really cool. It's a it's a whole bunch of people listening to a couple like more established people.
0: Yes, I think the nice thing about Clubhouse is that you can listen. It's kind of like listening to talk radio in some ways. Mm-hmm. Uh, but then, when you want to, you can go up on the stage. It's kind of like. Deciding to call the talk radio station mm-hmm. and then the host takes you onto the stage and invites you to speak. It's a pretty cool platform.
1: So how many people can be on stage at once on that?
0: There's platform? no limit in Clubhouse. There's a 10 person limit on Twitter Spaces, but there's no limit in Clubhouse.
1: Okay. And Twitter Spaces is like Twitter's answer to Clubhouse? Yes. Is yeah. it all audio?
0: Yeah. Yeah. All audio. Yep. No video yeah. on Spaces either.
1: I'll have to check that out.
0: Yeah. 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 So there's a lot going on in this space. And, and that's why I think there might be some room for partnerships potentially with what you've created here, which is stunning. I mean, we haven't had a single glitch while we've been recording this.
1: Thank you. <laughs>
0: yeah, yeah. Now, what about the ability to separate the speakers into separate files so that if you want to do post-production on this, you can take it into a multitrack editor and EQ and level every individual speaker? Will that be possible?
1: Absolutely. So after you're finished recording this, if you go into the, after you save the file, this the screen that shows the recording, there's a new button in the upper right that says uh, download file. So that'll give you the separate tracks if you want to mix them yourself in a multi-tracker. Wow. That's never been the Backpack Studio way, but I'm going in that direction now that I have this capability. So the sky's the limit.
0: (laughs) That's really significant that you've already done that. So we've been talking a lot on this show recently about the Zoom PodTrack P4, which is a piece of hardware, and it's quite accessible from a blindness point of view. They do have a menu that you have to navigate with physical buttons and you can't get any speech feedback. There's no TTS in there, but it's doable. What you've done really with Backpack Studio is kind of the 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 P4 in software and on steroids. Mm-hmm. So it's a really significant thing. Will you be charging any kind of additional purchase once this goes live for the Backpack Live feature?
1: Yes. Yeah, so the, uh, because of like the server costs, it re- it really has to be a, a very low cost monthly service. Mm-hmm. I haven't decided on a price yet, but something to, I'm not funded and I don't want to do advertising. And I'm not, you know, I'm not part of Spotify or Anchor or Zoom. So I'm, I'm thinking it'll be best as a low cost monthly service.
0: So a monthly subscription model.
1: Yes. Yeah. And that'll cover the, you know, the hosting and the bandwidth and storing your audio files. So it'll really be like a cloud service, you know, the reliability of having your audio recordings all backed up in one place, some cloud features for the sound pads, basically anything people need, you know, with a really backed by a really reliable cloud.
0: So you've got a reliable host supporting this, I take it?
1: Yeah, it's actually backed by the Google cloud, which... I tried Google and Amazon and what's the other one? Microsoft. Google actually had the best infrastructure for me to work on with APIs for the, with mobile APIs for the iPhone and the droid. So Google Cloud seemed like the most reliable uh, place to put it. A lot of developers like to use S3, but I went with, I decided to go with Google after uh, spending like the whole, a whole month trying out the different clouds that you could store files on. That's definitely not something you want to, yourself as a company, let alone an indie developer. So everything puts their back end generally on Google or Amazon.
0: What kind of equalization, compression, etc., is applied at both ends? So in the case of Backpack Studio, I have a preset set up and there's a bit of dynamic audio compression going on. Does Mm -hmm. that also get applied to the guests?
1: That is a great question. And I still haven't answered that question right now. The guest is dry getting mixed in dry but i think i'm going to give them i don't know should the host i don't want to make i don't want to give the host too much work to do i don't want to make the host come up with separate eqs for each guest so i'm wondering if i should just do like a catch-all where everybody gets the guest's eq or everybody should get the compression and and a little bit of eq and, and a little bit of a I, I i still have that's a great question What do, what do you think
0: it's a really tricky one. That's why you're the developer, and I'm I'm asking the question, <laughs> but because I, cause, well, cause I think one of the dilemmas is what you want will will vary depending on what microphone your guest is using, right? So yes, yeah, that that has it's an that... influence.
1: It's, it's also a psychological question. Do we trust guests to pick their own EQ curve and, (laughs) and what sounds good? Yeah. What if, what if they make themselves sound really bad and then there's nothing we could do about it? So I'm leaning towards having all of that controlled by the host, the, the EQ and the compression and like some, some strong default settings that they could go under the hood and tweak for each guest if they want to, but like a good catch all kind of like, like I do now, but. You know, it's all under the host control. I really I really want to keep it dead simple for the guest where it's just like a telephone. You know, they open up Backpack Live and they start to talk. So you sent me the link. I clicked on it because I I just think if you give guests the settings, they're going to be lost.
0: Yes, I think that's right. It would be intimidating. Yeah. And yes. people who really care about the stuff are probably still going to take the files, um, put them into Reaper or whatever they're using, and mm-hmm. do post-production on them anyway. And then they can apply whatever EQ or compression Seems appropriate then.
1: Exactly, exactly. Yeah, you said to me
0: when we were setting this up, you still intend to add some features before release. Are you able to tell me any more about that?
1: Uh, let's see. Well, everything's everything's pretty much there. What what I'm dealing with right now is uh, getting as money as much feedback as I can from people. Um, dotting the i's, crossing the t's. I think there's still a lot of debate on Twitter. Uh, if you follow Backpack Studio on Twitter, whether how much control the host should have over the interview. Basically one thing we've seen over the past week was uh, a lot of hosts do not want their guests talking over the sound pads. So the guest's microphone should probably control the host's microphone. So when the host is playing sound pads and his audio dips down behind the sound, so should the guests, uh, a, a lot more of that should be automated. And there's also been suggestions that when the host mic is off and the guest mic is off, can they still, you know, talk about like when you're playing a, when you're in the studio with somebody, and you go to play a song, you guys can talk to each other off the air. Mm. That might be something that's doable too. That I've been like, how useful do you think that would be?
0: I wonder if there might be a a button that's separate, so you've got. I mean, I don't want to complicate the UI, but then when the microphone is off. If you can tap a separate button that says sort of audition or something.
1: Audition. Yeah. What would, what would it be called? It would almost be called like, like monitor local talk, like,
0: or intercom or, or something that indicates. Yeah. Yeah.
1: That's a good
0: idea. Something that indicates that, um, that there's a conversation going on behind the scenes. I remember when I used to be involved in talk radio, if I wanted to talk to my producer in the control room, you know, there was just a little push to talk thing that you would Mm -hmm. use. So could be like that.
1: Yeah, something. Yeah, something like that. Uh, yeah, like an in, an in studio monitor intercom kind of thing. I don't think that would be very hard to do. And I think it would be really cool as long as, you know, the users know what's happening. So like in backpack live, it says right now it says on air. It would say on air host is muted mic. Uh, you know, and I, I, I programmed those in with voiceover announcements too, just, just so people feel like they're in a studio and they know what's going on.
0: That yeah, would be quite amazing for doing shows, uh, you know, music shows as well on a nice Absolutely, House. Yeah. yeah.
1: Deciding what song, deciding what song to queue up next. Yeah, what's
0: involved, or is it even possible to bring in in that streaming scenario of live shows? A third party streaming music service that has the massive catalogs like Spotify or Apple. Oh, I would
1: to- I would that's the million dollar question right there. I would love to do that. Spotify has an API, but you need to have a Spotify account and you're not allowed to record. There's some radio station apps that are completely powered by Spotify and the listeners have to have Spotify and you have to listen in the client. So it's you know, we that that whole situation is very messy with the royalties and the streaming, as you know. Um even YouTube, everybody listens to so much music on YouTube. If if YouTube had a music API where they run the ads or something like whatever whatever YouTube does to make money, if they offered a music API that could hook into this, that would be great.
0: Yes, I note that algorithms DJ app recently pulled Spotify. So it sounds like it might have been because you can pro- record their sessions or, or whatever. So oh, no. maybe
1: maybe people were recording them and they got in trouble.
0: Hmm, possibly. Yeah. yeah, that's a shame. Yeah,
1: yeah, it's it's very messy. I hope I hope they figure it out because, like, with all the that was always the promise of 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 cryptocurrency. This idea that you would be able to like you would be able to very easily pay people for things like music streams very simply and quickly, and like have every have you know every time somebody gets paid, have it automatically pay the person, and just have have that all kind of flow. Um. So yeah, I'd I'd like to see that worked out because the soundboard is a huge part of this. And right now the majority of people, you know, they they copy their checks to MP3s, Google Drive, Dropbox, and they import them like that. But something something on demand like YouTube or Spotify would be perfect in Backpack Studio. Yes, it would. Yeah.
0: Can anyone test this at the moment through test flight? Is it an open program?
1: Yeah. Uh I'm gonna be running the beta for probably a few more weeks at least. Uh if you go to bpack.live it's a new domain just bpack.live I have the links for Backpack studio 2.0 and Backpack live 1.0. So right now the more the merrier I want I want to give it a good stress.
0: Well thank you so much for coming on and but also thank you for all you've done for the voiceover using community. the attention to detail that you've paid to making sure that everything is accessible and, re- and not just accessible, but usable mm. and friendly. It's just amazing what you've done. You must have put it's, hours it's and hours specifically thing. into voiceover.
1: Yeah. The voiceover users are so passionate about it. And they, you know, they walk me through everything that needs fixed. And there's three or four guys that, that message me every night what I got wrong with voiceover. <laughs> <laughs> oh, dear. <laughs> no, I love it. I love it.
0: Ed, really appreciate it. And good luck with uh, the future of Backpack Studio.